Welcome to episode two of Salon Talk. Today we indulge in a therapeutic conversation surrounding the journey of grief due to a great loss. <laughs> Hello and thank you all for joining Salon Talk. Um, Salon Talk podcast was created um, as a platform to bring open dialogue, open conversations about um, what has transpired in each other's lives using our experiences and how we've overcome um, to hopefully encourage another one and inspire someone. So today, today, I have my beautiful, awe-inspiring, lovely sister, Celeste Myers. Y'all don't even understand how excited I am, I am to have her on this podcast. I could not wait till we can get this scheduled. <laughs> so just so, we, so I can tell y'all a little bit about Celeste, she's going to introduce herself in a little while, but I just have to let you all know, I met her as a customer. I don't even know how many years ago, right? Nine nine years already i miss you when morgan was months old like she oh, was wow. not even six months old wow so let me tell y'all when she came in i had just launched my first salon i had been operating and um kind of doing it on my own and just kind of you know treading the waters trying to figure out what salon ownership and you know entrepreneurship was like at the time i think okay so if that was nine years ago so i was about 25 26 years old so i wasn't that um that old i just gotten into my first salon maybe a year and a half and so here comes this beautiful woman who comes and sits in my chair she you know she was very easygoing but she was so different from all of my other customers usually as a service provider everyone sits in your chair and they are taking their you know that's what we do we give but she sat in my chair and her question almost every time she came was but who's looking out for you who's praying for you who has your back and I'm like who is this and why she keep asking me this? It was so weird at the time because I just had not been used to anyone looking out for me in that way. And I'm telling y'all, we just clicked from that moment and we have been, I mean, connected at the hip and I'm just super excited as you can already tell. I'm super excited to have you. So thank you, sister, for accepting the call. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I'm you really so excited about this because we have been talking about this series yes. um, podcast for a long time. Very I'm excited that you are walking in this season and thank you for having me I'm excited to be a guest yes absolutely you will definitely be a regular um <laughs> because this has been something that we discussed um for years now something that we talked about bringing to fruition and thankful uh, I'm thankful for COVID for even you know giving the direction um the podcast came about because in the salon, as, as you all know, I mentioned on the last podcast, I'm a hairstylist. And so because the salon had been closed down and due to COVID and different things, a lot of people were missing those conversations. And so in the salon, we have really edifying conversations. And so, so many people were messaging me saying that they missed that, that, that connection, that camaraderie, that conversation that really left them uplifted and edified. And so I just prayed about it and asked God, how do I move, you know, you know pivot? And so this is how this came about. So I'm excited. Um, so for those of you who are not um, familiar with Celeste, I'm going to let her kind of introduce herself. Yeah, the floor is. <laughs> All right. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Celeste Myers. I am an educator by profession. 
Um, this is my 13th year in education. And for eight of those years, I've been an administrator in some capacity um, at middle school, at secondary level. So middle school and high school. Um, I love what I do. I love being an educator, but I also consider myself um, kind of the forever student. I love to learn new things and to um, research and always thinking about uh, whether I want to go back to school or go take some classes. I just love being a student. Um, my husband, Philip, and I have been married for 12 years. Uh, we have two beautiful girls. Morgan is nine and Addison is four. They keep us busy and keep us constantly evolving so that we can be better people, uh, so that we're able to raise just good human beings. Um, right. And we're very active in our church. Um, we belong to a local church um, in Fifth Ward. And I am a Sunday school teacher. I'm a part of the praise team, just really involved um, and constantly trying to evolve and to learn new things uh, myself so that I'm constantly growing. Yeah, and see, that's why I love you so much. You are just always looking for progression, um, but also not just for personal gain, but also for that, so that you can pour out, so that you can be what God has called you to be. And so for you to be able to touch everybody else's life, you, you've recognized that you have to be a better person for yourself. And so you're constantly, you know, being, you know, making yourself better, gaining that education, gaining that knowledge and different things. That's one of the things that I love about you. Um, now, those who are tuning in, our topic today is kind of a tough topic. We walked through, of course, she just mentioned that it's been nine years, which I cannot believe, but nine years. And so in the course of these nine years, we have experienced and walked through some very murky waters. We've gone through some really tough times. And so today's topic is smiling through the pain, um, grieving a great loss. And so um, we are going to just kind of share our experiences going through the loss that we've encountered, um, being that it is 2020 um, COVID. We've been in a pandemic for over eight months now. Um, and so a lot of loss has taken place, which is why I believe this was placed on my heart to um, try to help someone, try to help someone heal. Um, and you know, that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about. I don't even know if healing, I want, I don't want to say healing isn't the word, but you know, when it's something so deep, do you ever really heal? You know, what does that actually look like? I don't think you do. I think you learn how to cope. Cope. That's what I was thinking. Kind of recognize that it's a new normal. Yeah. You're not dwelling in it, but you yeah. learn how to accept it right. and to kind of accept where you are and what your new normal is and kind of yeah. just find some silver lining in it. Yeah, I, I agree because I know like when my mother passed away, it was really tough. And not to say that we didn't go through like very, like I mentioned, very dark times. Like it was not easy off that. I mean, I tell anybody and everybody when my mom passed away, you couldn't tell me she wasn't coming back. Like I literally in my mind, somehow, in order for me not to deal with the pain, I suppressed it in a way. And literally, it's funny how the mind can literally trick itself, create its own reality. And you can tell me for like that first year, she wasn't on an island somewhere. Like, I just literally just hadn't accepted that she was not coming back, right? 
And so I don't know how you dealt with it, but I know for that first year, and I know it sounds really crazy, but you know, when she passed away, I literally took two days off from the salon to get all of her arranged. She passed away. Yeah, she passed away on a Wednesday, took Thursday and Friday off to get the set, you know, the services and everything situated, came back to work, worked, you know, all the way through so that I could have that Friday and that Saturday off for the service. And I came right back to work. So I don't even know if I allowed myself that time to actually process. And mind you, while this is going on, we are, you know, trying to sell her home and trying to, you know, get everything situated and handle the business side of it while I'm running a business and keeping all, you know, marriage and everything together. So how did you even, um, e e a matter of fact, go ahead, if you don't mind, just sharing a little bit about the loss that you've experienced. Sure. So um, kind of to talk about uh, the loss of my dad, I kind of have to start with the loss of um, a really close friend from college. So mm -hmm. in 2017, in October, actually, um, Ebony, my friend from college, she um, passed away. And while she was, she had sickle cell um, and kind of dealt with her illness um, throughout the whole time that I knew her, but her death was unexpected. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't like she was having a crisis. It wasn't, you know, there was a lot going on, but she, we didn't expect any of that. Right. So that happened. And then a few months later, my dad um, got sick um, and kind of went back and forth, didn't know what was going on. And then at the beginning of 2018, um, he was diagnosed with stage four stomach cancer. And so that happened in February and in May, he passed away. So mm -hmm. it was a very short um, battle that he had with cancer. But during that time, um, I think for me, there are a lot of experiences that allow me to really strengthen my relationship with God. Right. Um, you talked about like really going through that dark time during such a significant mm -hmm. loss for you. And for me, it was the time that he was sick while it was short. And now looking back, it's, it's very short. Mm -hmm. But in the moment, it was just go time. I had a lot of work to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like I needed to make sure that he was okay because we were extremely close. Mm -hmm. um, I am a daddy's girl to my core. Yeah. Um, and during that time, he, he needed someone who was just gonna listen, right? Someone who was just gonna let him be himself mm -hmm. and listen to the fears, listen to his frustrations, you know, be that person yeah, for him. Yeah, vulnerable, yeah. They're vulnerable, like he could be himself. Mm -hmm. um, and I think about when people are terminally ill, it has to be extremely hard for them because people are kind of projecting onto them yeah. kind of how they think that person should respond. Um, and I know that was one of the things my mom was very angry about. Um, she mentioned, she was like, Christians are so cliche. She would say that all the time. Christians are so cliche. And I'm like, but she would never go into detail. And it's like, what, what are you saying? But she was really saying that, you know, people would quote, by his stripes, you are healed. And, you know, no weapon form shall prosper. And, you know, oh, don't, don't worry. Cast your cares upon the Lord. And, and she's like, um, hello, I know the scripture that doesn't feed the human side of me. Like the human side of me is scared. Like, yeah, I'm scared. 
And yep. so, yeah, I can totally, I, it took me a while to comprehend what she was saying. It wasn't really, I don't think, until she passed Did that she I realized it. it. Yeah, because then people started doing it to me. I don't know if you yeah. got the same thing. Then people started doing it to me. Oh, that don't help. <laughs> that don't help. <laughs> and I think people don't, you know, unless you've walked it, mm-hmm. you don't know what to say. Yeah. You don't know what to do. And you are, I mean, it is true, right? By his stripes, we are you. Right. <laughs> when performed against you will prosper. Right. But I think sometimes you need to recognize what somebody needs and have that empathy, empathy. to know that might not be what they need right now, empathy. right? Right now, I just need to listen and let them talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of was what I was for my dad during his journey. Um, we talked all the time and um, he was that person for me who mm-hmm. would be my listening ear. So it was just a blessing that I could return the favor in his, in his yeah. season. Right. Um, but his loss kind of him getting sick after her, ha- after Ebony's passing, like I'm mourning the, the passing of my friend and then boom, my dad gets yeah. sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very difficult. It brought a lot of conflicting emotions. Right. Right. Um, but then you kind of have to realize who you are and mm-hmm. whose you are and kind of adapt to whatever is going on. And like I said earlier, like try to find the silver lining in the situation to be able to move, like to push through. Because it is hard. And it's, there are many days where I didn't want to, you know, get out of bed, but I have to, right? right. Like I have to continue to live and honor my dad instead of kind of just, stay stagnant in that moment and so that's really a good I wanted to that's kind of where I wanted to go next this is the thing like even while especially for you like you were mourning double like that was two very important people to you who you lost and so the thing is is like when we are going through life is happening that was like the most difficult part is like life is happening and so while people will be sensitive to your need maybe a week or two after or whatever they kind of their life goes on while we become like kind of stuck in that moment but at the same time being forced because life is still transpiring so what tasks were you having to pick back up (laughs) right following after (laughs) it's heavy right because not only my wife not only my mother um addison was two yeah so there was no, you know, I can sit back and just kind of be. Mm-hmm. I have to be on because my children need me. I have to be on because my husband needs me. I have to be on because my mom needed me. Yeah. Right. Like my mom was mourning her, the loss of her husband. While I was losing the loss of my dad, that is her husband. Yeah. And right? how long have they been together? Um, 34 years at the time of his passing, almost 35. So mm-hmm. it's a significant loss. Um, and I had to be there for her. Um, and my dad kind of had charged me with just, yeah. girl, hold it together. You are the strong one. Like you have to make sure that things happen. Um, so that was in kind of that pressure, healthy pressure, but just pressure was on me. But then going back to work, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you go back to work, but then you're also in a position of leadership where people are looking for you. Um, it happened at the end of the school year. So there yeah. is the wrap up of the school year and making sure that things are together. Um, 
and like you said, like life goes on for the people around you. Um, but I had to find my circle that I could be vulnerable with. Mm-hmm. And that circle was tight and small because yeah. I needed it to be. Right. Um, my husband would, like one weekend, he just said, hey, you're going to a hotel room. Like, just go. Mm-hmm. Do what you need to do. Cry. Scream. Whatever it is you need to do so that you can be well. Because I was like you. I kind of kept going. Yeah. And suppress my own feelings <laughs> and that's when things like anxiety can creep in that's when yeah. you know I had to find my circle that would allow me to be vulnerable and to be able to yeah. talk openly about what I was feeling and I didn't need to mask because I could just be myself and mourn because I was going so much that I didn't I neglected yeah. That was one of the things, because like, you know, I think your your dad passed away maybe a year after my mom. And I remember asking you, like, are you okay? You're like, no, I'm good. And I'm like, "Mm -mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) are you okay? Because like, I know what that face is. Like, I know what it's like to smile when you are like broken. Like, you know, and as women, strong women, especially women of leadership, we just have to like literally just power through. So, you know, being able to have those safe spaces is so important. And like I said, just having someone that would actually, you know, look out for you who are looking, not looking for the politically correct answer or what people are expecting you to say, um, but who are like, no, what is the very core of you feeling? How is the very core of you? Yeah, and I I appreciate our friendship so much because, even while my dad was sick, you gave me the space to, like you protected me before he even passed, right? Like you made sure that I had a safe place where we could just talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you gave me the space where it was just me and you in the salon and we could just, like you allowed me to cry. You allowed me to really talk through frustrations. You allowed me to ask you questions, right? Yeah. Because you would walk through, um, like, if you've never had somebody go through cancer, you don't understand right. what that journey is like. It's mm-hmm. not like other terminal illnesses. No. You just feel kind of helpless because you just, all you can do is watch. Yep. I told my dad once when he was sick, I was like, look, I am not a fighter, <laughs> but if cancer was a person. <laughs> I'm trying to tell oh, you. Oh, we would go toe to toe. Like, I'm telling you. Because it is hard and you know, for me, my dad was like Superman. Right, um, right. You know, he was strong and just to see him so vulnerable. Right. And, you know, not being able to do certain things for himself anymore. Like that was hard. Yeah. Um, and it was, I became very, while I understood peace that surpasses all understanding to a whole different level, there were moments where I was frustrated. Like, it wasn't fair. Yeah. I think that's the biggest misunderstanding. Maybe, I I guess misunderstanding is a good word. Because while me and you both, we are passionate about the Lord. But to encounter something so devastating, there are moments where you are angry. There are moments where you are frustrated. Like you said, there are moments where you're like, really, God? And you remember we had that conversation where it was like, you know, the old saints love to say you don't question God. But we felt at least upon the understanding and the revealing that God gave us was that it was okay to question him. 
because how else do we gain insight and knowledge um, from him other than to ask why we're not challenging his authority as God. Um, He's still sovereign. He still got on the throne, but we wanted to know why, because what's my lesson in this? That's right. That was always our biggest question. What is the lesson? What do you need me to understand? Right. Um, And I would have those conversations with my dad too. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I think sometimes with a loss that's significant, um, sometimes we don't get to have those conversations with our loved one when they're passing or kind of in their journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had a lot of conversations. I knew that he was okay and that his relationship with God was all right. And like his mind was Mm -hmm. strong enough to know like he was going to be okay. Because he Um, didn't want to do treatment, right? Yeah. So he started, he didn't want to at first. Mm -hmm. He did try it for a little while for us, uh, for his family. And then it just, I mean, it wasn't working. It didn't, it wasn't changing the trajectory. So he stopped and he fought for a while and then he passed. I think that's the toughest part of it. I know for my mom, when she told us that she had cancer, um, while one thing I can appreciate about your dad, he was very open and honest about it. We got tidbits along the way. So we never knew that she was terminal and we never knew that like she was passing. Like we, because we didn't get full information about it, you know, we were pressuring her to get treatment. You remember I had that conversation with you because it was difficult to hear when your loved one is saying, I don't want treatment, but it's so easy for the person who doesn't have cancer to say, well, you're giving up. But in actuality, they've accepted, um, and I don't want to make it seem like they've accepted death, but they've accepted what God has laid upon them, what God has allowed in their lives. And they're just like, my mom's biggest thing was, if they're telling me I have 13 months to live, I don't want to spend my 13 months in the hospital. I want to live. I want to live. I don't want to live my life. It's, It's not living if I'm just stuck to an IV but I think we talked you know we were so demanding like mom you gotta fight you gotta fight gotta fight not comprehending that it took more strength to say I don't want these the treatments I want to live the rest of my days enjoying life with my family however many though that may be you know what I'm saying and so that's one thing that I, I always try to tell anyone who's going through that Like if the person decides they don't want the treatment, whether you have full knowledge of what they're going through or not, it is definitely their decision. And it doesn't really mean that they're giving up. It just means that they're exercising their right. And it takes a lot of strength to say, I'm just gonna live the rest of my days happy. I choose, you know, because it's already like cancer is robbing them of something, something they have no control over. So they're like, I'm going to take control of this and do it my way. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm going to take my power back. <laughs> I'm going to take my power back. Yeah. Some of it, you, they feel so helpless and powerless. Mm-hmm. That is a way for them to have some of their control. But mm-hmm. also, you know, for my dad, it was um, wanting to make sure that, wanting to make sure that we would be okay. Yeah. Right. And not 
he didn't want to suffer. He didn't want to, you know, be hooked up to machines and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And um, with stomach cancer, I mean, even eating becomes a chore. Right. Um, so he was able to prepare us. And my dad wasn't someone who just prepared us once he got sick. Like I grew up my whole life knowing Celeste, daddy ain't gonna be here forever. So you have to come uh-huh. learn how to cook this, learn how to do this. Come on, we're gonna talk. And, you know, I knew what he wanted and knew mm-hmm. all these things far beyond um, or far before he even got sick. So, I mean, that I think is a way for him to have some of the control. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's such a, he was such a strong man and strong willed. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a way for him to kind of say like, no, I'm going to enjoy the time that I do have. Yeah. And we're going to keep it going. Yeah. I think for me, like I don't have, I tell people, I don't have a whole lot of regrets in life, but the way her last year, the, the way my mother's journey went that last year, while we made wonderful memories I really wish we had not pushed our desire on her Um, because I think about it like, yeah, we spent a lot of time in the hospital and the end result was still death. And that sounds very morbid, but at the end, the result was still death. And what I learned, I'm I'm not sure about you, but what I learned most about that was that life is fleeting. And so we really, when they, you know, not to be cliche, but when they talk about like sunrise and sunset, that dash in between is what really matters or whatever, how you spend that dash, that's what really matters. It's like, that is legit, like the truth, like however you live is the way you should live, like however you feel about it, that not saying we should just live, you know, fancy free or whatever, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I really wish we hadn't pushed our desires on her the, the with the little information you did have yeah her love for her was like no but i i need you to push i need you to fight like yeah. if there's any hope that you know that you can beat this right. like i need to put in that effort um and even think- it's difficult too because like for you like you said your dad was a fighter like my mom was very strong-willed and so we didn't comprehend this whole, I'm good. I'm not going to take any treatment. We're just like, you know, like, uh, what is the color part? All my life I had to fight. Like, your whole yeah. life you spent, you know, fighting and powering through and, you know, pushing the envelope. Like, nobody set a boundary that she didn't say that ain't for me, you know? And that's where I learned mine from. Don't put me in a box because I'm, <laughs> I'm going to jump out. So I learned that from her. So we couldn't comprehend the whole idea of her not taking these treatments. But like we didn't have full disclosure of the, you know, the severity of her cancer. But, you know, I know at one point the doctors was like, we've never seen a cancer this aggressive. Like she would take treatments. And the next day it was like she didn't have any chemo at all because her cells were completely, I mean, they were continuously you know, doubling up. So I just really wish I I always tell anybody, let them handle it the way that they feel. Because again, I hate to sound morbid again, because of course this, this episode is surrounding death, but um, their end is near, possibly their end is near. And so let them, who are we to push our 
way of thinking about it or going about it or the way that we go about it. Who are we to push that off on them? You know, looking back, I think that was kind of selfish of us. <laughs> mama. Yeah, you know, it was mama. You know, we didn't know. But, you know, that's just something that, you know, we've always felt about it. I think um, I can only speak from my experience, right? Mm -hmm. But I would ask a lot of questions. Um, I would ask him, so how are you feeling? Like, mm -hmm. not like physically, but like, how do you feel? Like, what is going through your head? Um, just so that we could talk, because we always had these really deep conversations. Right. <laughs> um, but just trying to see like you know what is it that he's thinking so that I was preparing myself for what was to come mm -hmm. um and then understand trying to understand from that mindset like why he was making some of the decisions that he was making and I had to respect it right, right. like right. I'm while I definitely wanted the, the outcome to be different I definitely want I wish he was still here mm -hmm. um I just had to accept kind of where he was and allow him to make decisions mm -hmm. that were what he felt like were the best for him. Right. But when you're in the moment and you're seeing your loved one um, struggling, mm -hmm. you do realize that they have that right. And, you know, it's their, life. it's their life. And even though that's not the outcome you want or that's not the decision you want, you have to kind of respect that and allow them to have that control. Right. So that's a good, let's, let's kind of switch gears a little bit. And you may mention, uh, while it wasn't the outcome that you desired. And so, you know, a lot of times, and I've seen this multiple times, especially just being in the church. Um, I've seen a lot of people turn away from God because they did not receive the outcome that they desired. And so, you know, we sometimes get that misinterpretation of the scripture that says, you know, ask what you will and it shall be given. Um, and so we believe that, and, it, and you know, it says in faith, you know, just speak to the mountain and it'll be moved. And, and so we get those scriptures and we tend to tweak them to our personal journey and to what we're feeling in that moment. Even if we ask him, it doesn't mean that we're going to always receive the result that we desire. And so how did you cope with that? How did, you know, when, when that happens, you know, like I said, people were always questioning they were thinking that my relationship with him would change if my mother mother did, didn't live. But I'm like, I understand God is still God. He's sovereign. If he said, come on home, come on home. You know, so how did you feel in that moment? Okay, so get a, I'm going to get a little cliche. <laughs> so um, my mother-in-love, uh, Phyllis' mom, she always says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Um, and I didn't really understand it, right? Like it's a scripture that we, you know, we take and we kind of just use. Right. Um, I didn't understand it. And she was, she has always said that repeatedly. Um, but I remember being at the gravesite and my childhood friend, Shannon, she came up to me and she asked me, you know, like how I was doing. And I was vulnerable with her and just told her, like, you know, it's hard. Mm -hmm. And she repeated that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Like, don't forget the joy of the Lord is your strength. And then that was, you know, small moment. Mm -hmm. Right. But 
that is, I think, what I drew on. Yeah. Right. Like the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm -hmm. Um, It comes from Nehemiah 8 and 10, where Nehemiah is talking to the Israelites um, and they are basically mourning over the fact that they have strayed away. Right. And that God is, you know, they're kind of mourning their own sin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Nehemiah is telling them, like, this is a brand new day. You need to feast and enjoy the fact that you were kind of turned and you are moving forward mm-hmm. and understand that this is not a time for mourning, but it's a time to draw on the strength of the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And almost like recalibrate. Yes. So for me, um, and this is hindsight, right? Like this isn't right. me back in 2018. Right. But understanding that the joy of the Lord is my strength, like being able to recognize that every prayer my dad had for his passing was true. Mm -hmm. He was surrounded by family. He basically went to sleep and just that next morning he didn't wake up and he peacefully went to be home with the Lord. Like every desire that he had was true. Um, So I got to see God's hand in every bit of it. And I recognized it. I think even back in 2018, like, I could see that he was, that God was in it, mm-hmm. right? So there was peace. There was, I could understand kind of, it all made sense, if that make you know, if that's making sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I could draw on God. I could draw strength from, you know, somebody would say something. I would receive a card from somebody, um, you know. That was the like, most powerful part. Yeah, like, like in your most vulnerable moment, something or someone came through, right? And the fact that like, because we talked about like people move on. Mm-hmm. They kind of, you're in their mind for about two weeks, maybe. Maybe two weeks. <laughs> kind of like until the service is over and then they expect you to be okay. Yeah. But I would receive calls randomly. I would, you know, family would reach out and I remember feeling very alone sometimes. And then in those moments that I felt alone, somebody would do something or yeah. a song would come on the radio or, you know, it sounds crazy, but like I would hear my dad's voice in my ear telling me, you know, pick your head up. You're going to be all right, sugar. Like something um, that would let me know that God was still in control and he still cared about me. Right. Right. Like, and that for me just allowed um, allowed me to never really be angry at him right. because I felt so like when we talk about God being a loving God, it's in those moments that when we are going through our lowest lowest times that He shows Himself to be just loving and like yeah. you feel Him wrapping you in His arms. Mm-hmm. Um, that for me is just it was enough. Yeah. Thank you for tuning into episode two. Tune into episode three as my guest Celeste Myers and I discuss the low points of grief and the triumph on the other side.